This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. All right, so welcome everybody. Welcome at Breaking Banks Europe. Uh, we are at the second day of Money 2020 here in Amsterdam and uh, we are going to do our second episode today with uh, actually quite a, a new guy for the for for what we are used to. It's not a financial guy. He's not coming from any financial services company at all. And I'm very happy to introduce you Lewis Buchanan. He's uh, actually you, Lewis, you are going to tell us who you are because you have a quite interesting profile and, uh, as I said, completely out of our industry. So tell us who you are and uh, what does it brought you to Money2020? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Lewis Buchanan. I'm a professional mountain bike rider slash racer, not as much as what I used to be, but um, yeah, doing more of the social media side now. Uh, done a ton of racing in the last 15 years as a professional. So it's been quite a journey. And uh, yeah, for this, this is new for me and yeah. something quite eye-opening. So it's cool to be here, big learning curve, and also cool to, you know, spread the word and tell a story. Great. So you're actually here because you are part of what we normally call the creator's economy. Mm-hmm. So... Um, could you tell us why did you choose and or how come you are here at Mind2020 and together with whom actually you are here? Yeah, so um, I'm here with OnlyFans. Um, this opportunity came around towards the tail end of last year. Um, I've always been on the lookout for a brand and a company that aligns with what I believe in and something that's unique and something that is growing day by day. Um, so for me to engage in a conversation with OnlyFans at the end of last year was a big deal for me. And uh, also to bring a company like that into the sport of mountain biking is new for for that you know sport as a as a singling it out. So yeah, for me, I think both of our visions lined up. It was unique. And um, for me to be able to, you know, add value to my content, it's great to have all these other platforms that I have used in the previous years, but from using OnlyFans, I'm able to like have a closer connection with my fans yeah, that value that, um, that are invested, interested, want to support the journey. Um, so it's great. And also, like I said, adding value to my content, like I can put a price on that. Um, it's exclusive. So you can get content there that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Um, and it's like a nice community, real good community. And that's what I enjoy about it. I feel safe on there. I feel connected. Um, and yeah, we're only like five, six months roughly into it now. Uh, but I'm learning every day basically on how to use the platform as well and what works, what doesn't. And, um, yeah, just basically trying to honestly pioneer a 
different route and path <laughs> for future athletes and people who want to, you know, be online creators and uh, go their own route, really. Yeah, that's great. And as we were discussing before, you are actually quite a pioneer in this in this sense, especially because you chose a platform like uh, OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. Uh, but this decision didn't come with any trouble, as, yeah. as we know. Mm -hmm. So the UCI actually uh, was banning you from, from competing because they were not really happy about this decision. Mm. Um, how do you think this had affected uh, your job in general? But also, I really want to understand from your point of view um, how difficult it is from an institutions like that uh, and also for other athletes to do the same as you did, uh, especially choosing a platform like OnlyFans. Yeah, I think I knew honestly that it was going to be a bit of a roller coaster. Um, not necessarily with myself and OnlyFans because I'm confident in that and believe in um, their mission and whatnot, but... Yeah, you seem quite secure about your decision. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm very passionate about yeah. it. And I knew it was going to be a big deal for the cycling industry. And it has been, but my mission is to, like, really educate people and, you know, hopefully open up people's eyes and minds to what is out there. But the UCI thing's difficult. Um... They're not willing to really engage to educate or be educated a little bit more on it, which is a shame. But I think hopefully enough pressure and enough, you know, people speaking about it. Um, maybe things can change in the next, you know, six to 12 months. But um, I certainly won't stop talking about it because I feel like if I don't and the people who support me don't, then nobody will. So um, we'll see how it goes, but it's been tough. UCI are obviously quite a big organization. They oversee like all the cycling, all the events. Um, I would like to race, but luckily the last few years I've switched things up and went more the social media content side, like being more in control of what I create. It's up to me. Um, whereas in the previous years I was racing and it was all yeah. results based. Um, so we'll see how things unfold over the next while. Um, we're trying to figure ways around it. Um, but yeah, just pressure and talking about it hopefully can be enough. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, I can imagine it's actually a, a turn, a completely new turn into your career, which, which makes sense. I mean, it's also like uh, you will always be an athlete, but then probably with a different um, mindset and also maybe other of your colleagues will take the same, the same decision. Um, before you were mentioning about how OnlyFans is kind of a secure and protective environment for you and for your job. So I'm really interested in knowing uh, what are the tools that actually OnlyFans provide you to, to better do your job and also what, the, uh, what, the, what your followers can, can actually get out yeah. of the platform. Yeah, so um, like I said, it's, it is a really unique deal. So when I originally thought about you know, looking outside the sport. And I had this whole idea of good marketing, good branding of the of OnlyFans on my helmet and creates good coverage. Um, that's what I was after. So they obviously support financially really well. I'm thankful for that. Like they're supportive of the creators and to see them dipping into sports across the globe yeah. 
is amazing. It's a shame that cycling is so far behind, but hopefully we can get to that stage where more athletes saying mountain biking can become a part of it. Um, so yeah, obviously that, and then really the last kind of couple months has been good for me on the platform. I'm starting to see people who want to support my journey. So it's good that people can like tip me if they want, which is great. Yeah. Um, just having like a closer connection with them. Um, and then obviously the exclusive content, I feel like I can be more myself, less polished, can kind of show the ins and outs a bit yeah. of the behind the scenes and be a bit more raw and natural and show a bit of personality. And I think people value that a lot. So I'm letting them into my life um, and I have a choice. I don't have to, but I choose to. And I yeah. think there's value to that. Um, so yeah, they've been, like we were speaking earlier, they've been an amazing company to work with. The people are great. Um, I feel 100% supported by them. And um, I feel they're backing like through the journey for sure. So hopefully we have more and more years to go. And um, nice. yeah, I'm not giving up on it. So yeah, it's been good. That's, that's great. That's great to hear. And uh, um, so, yeah, what I understood is that you have less filter being mm. in this. You, you can be more authentic, more, more, more unique in, in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk about the other side, though, because many times I see the creators that have to um, still following some, a lot of rules, especially when they have to uh, deal with the brands. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your experience with that? And uh, how do you think uh, the relationship between the brands and the creators can evolve? Like, uh, what's the stage right now? And what do you expect to, to happen? Because I have the feeling they are not so much educated about the, the relationship with the creators. Yeah, it's, it's like, again, using that word roller coaster, like it's been for me, I've always had a massive list of sponsors. And yeah. honestly, that like list is what got smaller, but the amount of people that get it and understand the partnership and want to be a part of it, like, you know, people have walked away, but more people have come on board. Yeah. So it's cool to see that as we're talking about it, as we're making people more aware of it and what the platform does for people, uh, how safe it is, like that's a big deal as well. Um, people are starting to open their eyes a little bit more in their minds and be like, hmm, You know, there is more out there. There's more opportunities um, for like creators and athletes too, but the brands to be involved as well. Like it's a bigger picture, the audience is wider, all that stuff. So yeah, like I said, slow burner, but we're <laughs> we're pushing through with it. And if I can, like I said, educate more people about it, I feel like I'm doing my job um, naturally, then that's, that's really the goal. But yeah, just keeping pressing on really is the... Yeah, yeah. And and how long have you been doing both things, like competing and being uh, also a content creator? For the last three to three to four years, yeah, it was like a decision when I was racing. Um, it started getting tough, like with injuries, and when you're relying on yeah, you do results, a sport like that involves a lot of injuries. <laughs> yeah, so I think you really have to put your thinking cap on and be yeah. like, right, how sustainable is racing at the highest level. Uh, like how long can you sustain that for? It's not really that long. Um, so it was time for me to think outside the box and really... Yeah, um, was it weird? Was it tough at the beginning? Like yeah. to make this kind of switch? Yeah, because when I was on teams, I had someone that looked after everything for me. And yeah. uh, when I went my own path, it was me. I had to make the connections. I had to reach out, do all the negotiations. And uh, But it, 
built me into who I am today. I'm more organized, more switched on. I'm in charge of pretty much everything now myself. Um, I don't have an agent, nothing like that, which is uh, I'm quite proud of. So, yeah. um, and to make a partnership with OnlyFans pretty much myself is like a big bucket list kind of tick. <laughs> it's pretty rare that you hear people do that themselves without any help. So proud of it. And uh, yeah, pretty happy. And so connecting with that, how, how are you? So you are a rider, you have, mm. you grown up as a rider, basically, we can say. So how can you, so you've, you never had this moment where we, you were like, uh, okay, I need to be, I still need to be authentic in what I'm doing, but I also, this is my job. So mm. I, I turn my job into something a little bit different that involves my passion, involves me being a rider. But still, I need to fulfill the things that, you know, I'm, I'm promoting or I, I have the brand label on it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough to, to juggle that. But I found it quite easy this year because I now do have a, like a smaller group of people that support me. So it's very focused on, you know, a few, a few brands really rather than what it used to be. It was like 10 to 15 brands that, that um, supported me. So I feel like over the years I've got better at that um it's just balance trying to find that balance between priorities and also staying true to what i believe in as well um like i wanted to mention earlier like what the support from only fans allows me to do is um do what not many people in the mountain bike industry can do which is go out and buy really any bike that i kind of want to buy and relate to my audience and That's what they do. They buy their own bikes pretty much, right? So okay. um, usually in the past when I've been signed with a brand, I'm contracted to say like nothing negative, nothing bad. So when people are watching my videos and I'm being relatable and I'm being honest and truthful about maybe a problem that I've had, they can relate to that. And I really think they value that. And uh, I do have to give it up to OnlyFans for like giving me that opportunity because that's something new for me. And I do enjoy doing it. And I see like the difference in engagement, follower account, all that sort of stuff, subscriber account. So um, yeah, it's, it's valuable for sure. Yeah, so probably at the end, like in any other business, uh, the customers are, are kind of ruling the scene. So if they feel you are like just putting your name on a brand, uh, they probably will not follow you. So the fact that you have so many followers means that probably you're like also, uh, they can really relate with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so afterwards, I'm going to ask you what's the best bike to... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think you, you, you get that question how many times. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, like, from what I've learned so far this year, there's so many good bikes out yeah, there. Yeah, I can and imagine, come on. My goal is never to talk bad on a brand yes, or a company, but I like the fact that if I have a problem, I can, I'm completely... Like in my own, like I'm able to talk about that. Yeah, it's my money I'm spending. Of course, yeah, it makes um, sense. You're completely free in what you're doing. That's yeah. not common at all. Yeah, in mountain biking. So again, that's something fresh. Some people don't like it because, you know, they're sort of like, well, you know, you're talking this about the one brand negative, that could affect you for the future. Yeah, for that brand approaching you. Well, yeah, maybe so, but I'm in a position where I can do it. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, the fact that you are inside a platform like OnlyFans probably, mm. as we said before, allows you to be much more free than if you were doing, 
your own things, uh, picking up the different brands and so on. Yeah. So it's uh, this is quite interesting, mm. and 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 I'm very curious to to know what do you. Th I mean, we said it's really not the beginning of the creators economy. I wouldn't say that, but still, there are a lot of people that are that need to get used to that, to the brands, to work with the creators. Even as we said before, there are still many people looking at OnlyFans for uh, what we we used to know about OnlyFans, but they are trying to uh, enlarge the, the the scale of people that they can reach, uh, being a, a content platform and not a specific content platform, let's say. Um, but how do you imagine uh, uh, it's going to be, let's say, from now to 10 years, uh, your job right now, but also the general industry and maybe specifically even only fans how do you think it's gonna it's gonna evolve i think you know recently as, as far as i understand like i took notice of only fans getting more into sports in the last honestly sort of half a year yeah. yearish and that's what was appealing to me um and i think it's cool that the platform literally is a place for everyone you know you have a passion or something that you you know, might be talented at or want to become more talented at and share that. Like, it's a platform that you can do that. If you're a sports athlete, you can do that. Um, and I think it's important to, like, spread the word about the opportunities that it creates for people too. I know people who are athletes and people who, people who are not. And to hear their stories are, like, is super inspiring. Um, you know, whether it's, like, coming from really not much or, like, maybe taking a risk and it really paying off and then them, like, feeling secure and also get like having a community um i think that's really cool and i think to tell those stories is important um as far as where i'd like to see myself like at this moment i'm honestly taking it year by year but just wanting to see progression and i think is i hope to see other athletes you know obviously i'm in the cycling industry so i would like to see more athletes get on board and you know, monetize their content. Yeah. I think there's too much out there in cycling that is um, free, 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 like everything's mm -hmm. free and people get so used to that. And then when it eventually comes to speaking to a brand, because everything's free or people are accepting stuff for free, then there's no number for anyone. Yeah, as soon as no someone mentions a number, they go, well, no, we do everything for free or this is for free. So I think to add value to content is important. Um, because I mean, you know, they have platforms like Instagram and stuff and everything's free, you know, like, yeah, of course. So yeah, to hopefully to see some progression in that and some, um, some progression would be good, especially inside the sport cycling and, um, just be more open to, uh, companies like OnlyFans, you know? Yeah. So again, that's the goal. Hopefully, um, a thing that I like to use is in cycling, a lot of teams have left the sport because of budgets, don't have the money. Um, and it's a shame to see. And that includes athletes losing their deals because yeah. there's no money going around. So um, hopefully people can be more open-minded. And uh, I guess that's why I feel like I'm here today is to speak about that and because uh, nobody else in cycling is. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just a, it's been a, it's a journey for sure. Yeah, and except for the cycling industry, that of course it's it's the mm. one that you are um, uh, most aware of. Mm. But do you see the same uh, um, traction and interest uh, from other sports as well, or still it's something that it's not really out there? 
No, I think, you know, there's in the motorsport, OnlyFans is pretty large, I'd say. You just have to look at the branding on the cars and the race trucks and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I would love to try and get in touch with the governing bodies of those sports, where I think it's the FIA, and yeah. just hear their stance on it. Um, I, I'd be really interested to see what they say about it. But yeah, I think other sports are taking definitely a, a, a better understanding to it, for sure. And I think they should, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're a little bit behind. Yeah, of um, course. Hopefully we can catch up. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Definitely, definitely. I hope it really would be mm. the case. Yeah. Um, so you start your, you were mentioning before that it's like half a year that you are with OnlyFans, mm. right? So where did you, did you actually start your um, fan base, let's say on Instagram or, and how was the switch for them? Like, uh, did you bring them all over to OnlyFans or how, how does it work exactly? Um, yeah, so it basically just, I feel like I've had a lot of people join my OnlyFans that maybe are not on my other okay. social platforms, but... Um, so you got even more uh, than what you had before then? Yeah, so I think it's because my audience is so niche and like sports-based, mm -hmm. it's taken people a while um, to warm to it and have a change in platform. Like, oh, how do we use it? What is it like? So people are curious, right? Yeah. Um, and I think once they check it out, they understand that there's things on there that you can't get anywhere else. You know, like the, for me, it's Instagram is really like, there's a lot going on, but with OnlyFans, it's direct. Like I can, yeah. it's nice to, I can message people like pretty damn directly. easily. Okay. Yeah, directly. So there's a connection there. Um, so yeah, obviously having- Yeah, they're more like, like, like fans probably than, than followers. Probably followers is the wrong- uh, Yeah, I feel like they're there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course. support the journey they're curious yeah they, they can the keep you time. so it, it makes a, a little closer connection probably yeah and i've had people that like i said tip me and are like here this here's like whatever 500 pounds or whatever out the blue yeah, yeah, that yeah. goes towards this or that um which is really generous you know you don't yeah, get that course. really anywhere else so i like it and uh it's taken me a while but once i get into the groove and the nice thing is you can pretty much Post and ghost. You post, see what works. If it doesn't work, change it up a slight bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like the mountain biking side is people are coming over slowly because they're going to get something different over there. Yeah, um, of course. And then also just a, a wider audience in general, not necessarily mountain bikers. Yeah, this is also very interesting mm -hmm. because uh, I can imagine that through a platform like OnlyFans, you can actually enlarge much more your audience. So. Uh, I don't know anything about uh, uh, motorbikes or mm -hmm. bikes, and what, <laughs> I'm really out of of, the, of that sector. Um, but I, I can assume that it's going to be quite interesting also to uh, to be part of the conversation and uh, enlarge a little bit the audience that you have. So is this something you you are thinking about and uh, uh, that triggers you? Yeah, it's I've had like a, in the last month like a lot of people message me message me saying you know never really knew anything about mountain bikes so cool to see someone using the platform for yeah. um showing what they do and the, the sport that you do um so they were obviously clearly not really aware of it and they're quite amazed by whether it's the footage i post or the travels i go on um so it's cool to see a larger audience and i think that's the appealing thing as well um 
I've been using a word like or a saying like a rising tide lifts all boats. So like, you know, when I speak about the cycling industry, like if they allowed, you know, me to compete, yeah. who knows what that could look for the future for the the race series or other athletes to be like, you know, comfy to go on the platform and know that they're not going to get banned yeah, for being yeah, on yeah, it. Of course. So, yeah, it's um, yeah. You are doing quite a quite an, an interesting job, also I'm, for the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, um, and I think it's working. I, yeah. I do think it's working. Um, but yeah, I'm the guinea pig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which has the good side and the bad for side, sure. yeah. <laughs> as always. Yeah. So we are at the financial conference uh, um, and, and I'm actually very happy to have you here because for once uh, I'm not interviewing someone that is uh, keep talking about fintech and financial <laughs> technology and so on, which I love because it's part of my job. But still, yeah. you know, sometimes you want something a little bit different. But I have to ask you this question. So how do you exactly... Um, are, are feeling towards your uh, towards the financial side how do you manage your finances and you know because I can imagine also uh, part of your job is also not so predictable so you have to look for your own contracts you have to probably make plan of, of your yearly income. So I think it's also very interesting to understand this this point because I see a lot of creators that are actually, improvising a lot like okay I think this job is very easy so I go there I post a couple of stuff I have a lot of followers I have a lot of fans whatever but at the end they are not really understanding that this is actually a job so there is a planification probably mm -hmm. around that there is a sort of planning of your income of what you have to do your co contract and so on so can you can you give us a little bit uh, insights on that yeah so i always i do love my job it's fun really really fun but i always always every day keep in my head that i'm very aware that it's a job um i feel like i don't go slack on it i don't you know people say oh no, you seem very on point yeah actually. like i'm just <laughs> i'm very aware that you know I have to look after myself and my future. So to me in the past money was maybe not so important, but making a partnership like this, like for me, I guess, like I said earlier, it was a risk, but it was also a risk I was willing to take because I do believe in the platform and I do believe in like the journey where I want to go, where I see it going. So it's important for me to think of my future. So. And in mountain biking, there's still a lot of riders and races that are literally making no money. Yeah, I can imagine. Going year by year, maybe get hurt, and there's nothing to fall back onto or no support or anything. So I'm passionate about that. And uh, for me, I have to budget a little bit, but it's, it's almost like it's created an opportunity for me to do stuff I've never done before, really. Um, and, you know, honestly, have more in my pocket and yeah, just to feel like a bit more secure and a bit more safe yeah. because I've went outside of the industry and done something different it's created more opportunities for me um and it's a learning curve for me like yes I've been doing my own thing for the last few years but this year's been a lot different um so I'm just kind of rolling with it yeah and things are changing a lot yeah. month by month new opportunities and, and, and whatnot with new sponsors, uh, which is cool to see. Great. Um, 
so yeah i'm just rolling with it honestly it's just like a yeah on, ongoing kind of journey yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at some point uh, I, you you also gonna enter in the loop of investing because mm. as as much money you can make you yeah. are also gonna explore new things so i'm yeah. uh, I'm, I'm really curious also to see how how the things are, are evolving um I'm actually very uh, interested because uh, you mentioned before that, of course, you made that choice because of the injuries and uh, whatever you, mm. you want to, 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 to make, to sort of evolve uh, in, in your job. Um, so I'm assuming that people, your colleagues that are not making the same choice as yours, uh, are actually, what, what is their future actually? I mean, what is normally the future of a biker that is, uh, I mean, keep competing, they become, uh, how they are handling there, it? There's so many different examples. Uh, some do very, very, very well. And you they know, keep competing for their whole lives. Um, until late 30s. Okay, okay. Like early 40s, honestly, some of them are still, you know, top three in the world. And they ranks. are able to make enough money to sustain their self. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there's also the other end where there's very capable and competitive younger generation that are coming up. They're willing to risk it all to hmm. get that opportunity to get a big paycheck. Yeah. But that's the risky part. So if you're just one out of uh, how many? Oh, there's, there was a survey that like was out a while back that a big mountain biking uh, website asked, I think it was the top 30 or top 50 riders in the world what they make. And like the biggest percentage was zero to $5,000. And we're talking like, uh, guys that are like top five, top 10 in the world that are pretty much making that. Yeah. They'll go home and maybe have a part-time job or a full-time job, which is very respectable and it's, speaks volumes. So, but this you're talking about the prices that you are making if you win actually a competition or a championship or... No, this is like what they make a year. Okay. So, maybe a brand pays them 5,000 pounds okay, okay. or 10,000 pounds. Okay, makes sense. Um, and then the prize money is not even enough to, to you know, you win a race. It's yeah, I, I can imagine it's thousand, not that, that much supported kind of. So, that's the thing. I'd like to see prize money increased. Not that we do it for the prize money, but it's an incentive also for the people that are up and coming that maybe don't have a have a secure yeah. financial like situation or position. Um, yeah, makes sense. So yeah, it's a large part of it. Only the small few, I feel like, really can rely on. Yeah, and so if you if you would give them uh, the young generations or, or the new riders uh, any advice of on, on what to do or yeah. to follow your path or how to approach this uh, this job, what would it be? I would say. Take, like, if you feel like it's a risk, take it. Um, especially if it's outside the industry. Being in the industry will only get so far. Um, and I think also relying on bike brands just to pump all the money is a little bit unfair and it's not sustainable. So yeah. I think just to have a business head as well, racing's great, riding's great, being a fast rider is great. But if you don't have the marketing business side of it sorted, then it is not sustainable. Like you've got to think of your future and like that's what I did and that's the position I'm in now and I'm in the best position I've ever been in the 15 years of my career um right. so yeah it's it's really tough to say obviously enjoying it is great but seriously having like the business side of marketing is yeah. so important and 
not being afraid to make connections, new connections, and really like push it out there, push the ball out there is important. So I try and tell people that. And um, I think I've come like full circle really from from where I've been in the past. So. Yeah, and, and you definitely seem not afraid of, of the future, but no. this is probably also from your background. I mean, I saw some videos of you mm. <laughs> go, going into the void basically. So I can imagine this is your, this inside your blood probably. Yeah, for sure. It's just, yeah, I'm a bit of a risk taker. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's paid <laughs> off. <laughs> and it's great to hear. And uh, any uh, future initiative uh, w you, you can share with, you, with us and uh, any interesting travels or whatever you're up to? Um, I'm pretty much going wherever I want in the world at the moment, nice. whenever I want. So it's <laughs> really... <laughs> been super fun. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of go with the flow yeah uh i'd like to start creating my own kind of like merchandise or whatever nice. you know like i think that would go down well i think with the only fans and myself we could do something that people who are supporting the journey could wear when they're out whether it's cycling or spectating an event just yeah. to like rub it in the faces of other people a bit more and make it more of a common sight um would be cool so we'll see where that goes but nice Come with the flow. <laughs> Great, Lewis. Thank you so much. It was a super cool conversation. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.